say what God has called us to do and what God has said about us. You see the apathy in believers today. You see it in the conduct of living. The Bible says that in the days of Noah, chapter 6, verse 5 of the book of Genesis, that the thoughts and the intent intent of the heart of the man was continuously evil. Meaning that at one point things were good, and now what was good was wrong, and wrong was good. Does that sound familiar? Are you hearing me, church? Now, understand this, that even though things were chaotic, perverse, twisted, wicked, there was one man who stood righteously in front of God and in the witnesses of others. Meaning that many of us cannot justify our behavior because of society. We have to be the light. We have to be the salt of the earth. We have to be the ones that stand up and say, not in my house, not under my watch, because I am different. I am a son. I am a daughter of the living most high. And I will not accept that behavior, that wickedness, that that perversion in my life or in my house. And the Bible clearly tells us that that man was Noah. Genesis chapter two, uh, chapter six, verse twenty-two said that Noah did accordingly to all that God had commanded. He did it. He followed it to the T. Now I want to make a point. Yesterday, as I was getting a haircut, me and my barber got caught up in a conversation of the end times. And in the midst of that conversation, I was uh, sharing with him about the teachings that we've been doing for the last couple of months here at the Resurrection Center. And in the midst of that, in the midst of that conversation, we we changed it to sports. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit revealed something to me. And I said, let me tell you something. I know that our conversation has to do with end times. But I'm going to give you a picture of what the end times is going to look like. Now, let me assure you of something. Every human being that has been born on the face of the earth has been gifted with talents and gifts uniquely created by God for each and every one of them. The problem is that many of us fall in love with people's gifts and talents. And when you fall in love with people's gifts and talents, you will always be misleading. Now, I explained it. I want to get a little deeper. I said, for example, we watch sports, and we admire the players that play the sport. We love their gifts and their talents, and we appreciate that. But the secret to that is discipline. If you don't have no discipline in your life, meaning if you're not consistent in your life, You will not bear fruit of the gift and the talents that God has given you. There are a lot of gifted people right now asking for handouts. 
There are a lot of gifted people today in bars, in strip clubs, people that could run companies, people that are the next pastors, the next evangelists, the next apostle, the next teachers, the greatest inventions, and they sit on it because they have no discipline. You got to admire the people that get up early in the morning. You got to admire the results that they produce because you know, as I know, that they have to do what they don't want to do, but in order to get the results that they want to get, that they want to see, they have to submit to something that's greater than them. And that's why today we see the churches in the chaos and in the crisis that we're currently seeing with our very own eyes, where the pulpits now are preaching more of political agendas rather than the word of God. And in the midst of that, there's a twist, and, 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 and it's wicked and, and, and perverted, where it doesn't make sense. But God has called us to endure. God has called us to be patient. God has called us to stand firm, to not give in by the pressures or the weight of the world. We have to be disciplined in the way that we are. Amen. Give God a round of applause if you're hearing that word. When you are disciplined in your ways, God takes notice because obedience is rewarded with public honor. When you obey what God has called you to do, God will honor you. Many of us are looking to be recognized by carnal men. But the only one that can reward you, the only one that can see you, is God. So obedience results, okay, in honor. God honored those who obey his command. This is not how I feel, how I think. This is about what God has established, what God has placed in stone. If we honor that, if we obey what God has called us to do in our private life, in our public life, God is faithful. God is faithful to honor us. But many, you see it all the time. And the Holy Spirit rebuked me the other day. Oh, man, that was tough. The Holy Spirit said to me Tuesday morning as I was praying, he said, how can you bless people that rob me? Jose. He didn't call me pastor. He called me Jose. He said, you cannot override what I have established. People rob me, find things on clearance sale, and said that God blessed them. How can God bless someone that has robbed him? You see the perversion in the way people think about their philosophy towards God? So what happens to someone that ties, someone that's faithful, someone that's constantly there, someone that's there doing what God has called, us, called them to do? What happens to that other individual that's living righteously? God doesn't make an exception for sin. God doesn't make an exception for wrong. But many of us are at fault. 
because we want what people don't want. We believe for them more than they believed in themselves. Rather, let them get dirty. Let them get scuffed. Let them bleed a little bit so they can appreciate and evaluate what God has given them. But sometimes because we want to be merciful and we want to be loving and we want to be kind and we want people to enjoy what we have enjoyed, we cut them slack and we make shortcuts in a journey that there is no shortcuts. And the Holy Spirit rebuked me. Rebuked me hard. He said, haven't you noticed that I have placed in you Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding so that you can discern the times. I tell you to tell the people to forgive each other. You do it, and then the person that's supposed to ask you for forgiveness out of pride won't even forgive you. They'll embrace you with a hug. The spirit of pride is in the church. This has nothing to do whether you did wrong or right. If the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, you do it regardless how you feel or how you might think. Because you have no idea who have you offended. And if you have offended someone, let me tell you something. By the record, you have offended the Holy Spirit. And you ask people, forgive one another. And you will see one person say it and not the other. That's a perfect opportunity to rebuke your brother. What's up? What's going on? Didn't the pastor say for all of us to forgive each other? Why you ain't forgiving me? What's wrong? You all right? You good? You feeling froggy? What's up? You feeling salty? There's something wrong with you. And Noah represented God on the earth. Because Noah lived by example. Every time he preached the same message, he constructed the ark. Imagine that. He's constructing the ark and preaching the same message. Day in and day out. Day in and day out. They had no excuse. They turn away from the ways of God. They embrace drinking. They embrace marriage. They were giving in to marriage. They were eating. Doesn't that sound like something familiar that we are living in the times that we're in? Sounds very familiar. But in the midst of all of this, there's a day that's coming that we don't know the time or the hour. We are supposed to live in expectation, anticipating that day. Because you never know when that day is going to come. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? If your boss told you that he was going to show up at a certain time, trust me, you will be in your best behavior. It, 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 it baffles me. How is a burden for people to walk into church? But at my job, you see people running to the time clock. <laughs> running. They will illegally park in a handicapped spot just because they're running late. But just because they don't want to get fired or reprimanded, they make sure they clock in. But are you clocking in God's time? Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is speaking loud and clear. God is grabbing my attention just as much as he's grabbing your attention because things are going to get worse and they're 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 going to get worse. But God has given us time to prepare ourselves for what's coming. Are you hearing me, church? 
Noah preached the same message for 120 years. Could you imagine me preaching this message for, for the next couple of months? It won't come. But let me preach to them about how God's going to bless them, how God's going to love on them. There's no balance in today's churches. We preach the message of grace, but we don't preach sound doctrine. There has to be a balance. There has to be a road that leads us to live a life that's balanced in front of the eyes of God, not of only men. In Genesis chapter 7, verse 6, the Bible says that Noah was 600 years old when he entered the ark. And everything came to an ending the moment he stepped in the ark. Are you hearing me, church? The moment he stepped into the ark. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 37, Jesus forecast the end times. He said, as it was in the days of Noah, shall, so it shall be the coming of the Son of Man. So let us get ready for that. So one of the things that I want to dive in today or look into, what were the days of Noah? Now, if Jesus said that the coming that the, that the coming of the Son of Man will be like the days of Noah. And in Genesis chapter 6 says that there was so much wickedness that God regret making the human race. And you see, let me make something clear. It's God's, God is never intended to destroy the human race. We brought that upon ourselves. A, a parent never intends to punish their children. Am I right or wrong? We don't intend that. Why do we punish our children? Because of their behavior. But really, we punish them because we love them, right? And we care for them. So let, let, let's dive in and let us see. Let us use our imagination for a moment. And let's transport ourselves to 6,000 years, okay? To see how it was in the days of Noah. So there was wickedness on every man, and the wickedness was great on the earth, and their intent and every thought in their hearts was evil continuously. Now, the word continuously means repeatedly, without interruption, constantly, without stopping, over and over and over and over again. Newsflash Does that sound like us today? Very so. Now, we see a generation today that has no moral ethics whatsoever. We are living in a society where morals are decaying. We're living in a society where we have more mass shootings, racial hatred, social injustice, fraud, just to name a few. Okay? There is so much going on right underneath our noses. We can't even turn on the news without seeing disaster after disaster after disaster after disaster. And it's increasing. It's increasing like never before. I believe that so far this year we have had about 17 mass shootings in the states. Amen. We are going to see a decline 
of moral though ethics and, and, and behaviors. For example, look at this moral and ethical behavior of today's society where people go to the grocery stores or to the mall in their PJs. I'm the only one that sees that? This kind of behavior is not a godly behavior. This is not a moral behavior. This is a behavior of people that have lost touch with reality. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They don't care how they slept. They just want to get up and go about their business, even if they have to go about their business in the same clothes that they went to sleep with. Meaning if someone, okay, has the audacity to go into a supermarket or a mall with their own PJs, this person has the audacity not even to wash their mouth or wash their hands. That's uncleanness being seen in today's society, but no one says anything. Why? Because may, mainly everyone is out of touch. How are you just going to roll out of bed and go to the store? And that's okay. Is that making sense? Am I the only one? We see nudity like no tomorrow. Women and men, yes, men too. Your pants are sagging, you're showing your underwears, that's nudity to a certain degree. Amen? And, 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 and we just play a blind, a, a blind eye and we say, oh, and, you know, that, that's a, and we're not, those are all signs that the end is near. Because at the end, men will be unrecognizable. There will be lovers of themselves unrecognizable. It's like someone that you once knew that you haven't seen in a while. All of a sudden, you can't even recognize them because in, in more ways than one, they're not even close to who they used to be and mainly how they used to look. And you say, what's gotten into you? You see it all the time, social media. Women who should be praying and showing uh, ethics and, and being role models to young ladies are wearing young ladies' dresses. I'm trying to make up for lost time. Let me tell you something. There's a time of enjoyment that came to your life. If you done past that time, please leave that alone. Because you don't look good. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now I know many people are going to criticize me and they're going to say, Pastor, that's too deep, man. Why, why, are, you hitting, why are you hitting like that? I'm just being real. It's crazy. It's fascinating, right? Right? That people who live righteously, right, who dress well, people have a problem with that. Why you always got to dress nice? How are you supposed to dress? Can you explain to me how you're supposed to dress? It's perverse. It's twisted because they don't know who they are. They don't know where they're going, and they get upset with you because you look well put together. Ask me again that question without complimenting me, and I'm going to rebuke you. This is the reality. 
We laugh. It's funny, but it's true. We have no balance. We have no medium ground. We, we criticize the things that we shouldn't be criticizing are the things that we should be embracing. We're not embracing them, but we don't criticize the things that we should be criticizing or the things that we should be calling out. It's okay. They understand. They're doing their thing. Their hair is purple. They, that's all right. Let them be them. Let them be you. Let them be. You see this self-centered appreciation, but in all reality, it's far away from God. And we get mad at the people that got it together. You should admire those people. You should look up to those people. Those people should be your role models. That when you get in their cars, their cars are clean. Their breath is always smelling good. They got personal good hygiene. I know we have our days. Don't get me wrong. Not every day is perfect. But what I'm saying is nine out of ten times, what's up? We live in a country that we have plenty, and many of us don't even know what a bar of deodorant is. We single trying to get with somebody, and we still smell like Similac. It's a moral decay. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm trying to get your attention as a church to understand where we're going and where we're heading. Are you hearing me, church? Give God a round of applause. Don't leave me alone. We live in a society today that people have to announce what they're going to do in the bathroom. Excuse yourself and go to the restroom. Oh, I have to go pee. I don't need, what's next? What's next? Hello, what's next? Don't be surprised when they tell you they're going to do number two. Now, you say that in my house, and I'm going to tell you something. But we embrace that, and we get upset with the people that correct that. You don't announce what you're going to do in the bathroom. When we were growing up, women show more ethics than men. Now it's the other way around. It's like the roles have been flipped. Are you hearing me, church? You excuse yourself and go to the bathroom. You don't say what you're going to do in the bathroom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We think that's normal. That's not normal. That's not normal. That's not normal. That means you have no conscience. Because now you gave an image to someone. And when you said it, they were drinking some apple juice. Now they felt some type way. Now they don't want to drink that apple. I'm just being real. I'm being real. I want to know what you're doing in the bathroom. People having a conversation with the door open in the bathroom. That's how comfortable you got? Taking pictures in a dirty bathroom. Oh, no, leave me alone, man. I'm going to catch a case. How are you going to holler at somebody taking pictures in a dirty bathroom? In a dirty room. That speaks volumes. Hello, that speaks volumes. My mom had a little small little Polaroid camera. She made sure she walked around the house just to find a decent place so that she could take a picture of us so that she could change it, send it to the family. We could take more pictures than that and we don't even look at what we're taking a picture of. And then we say, well, pastor, you're square. You're out of touch. 
You need to get with the times. No, I don't need to get with the times because I know where the times are headed. I need to get with God. That's what I need to get. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We get, on, we get on the kitchen table and we burp without saying excuse me. That's Noah's generation. We pass gas without asking or saying excuse me. I'm sorry. That's how far we are. We, we far. We don't even know it. We don't sit in our chairs today. We lay in our chairs at the table. Oh, I wish I had one of them long rulers. Hit them right by the thigh and them two legs will come flying out. Pop! Ah! We look at that stuff normal. I'm being real. Stuff will never become a reality until it hits your house. Our children get up today. They they eat and they throw the dishes back in... Hello? Can you wash the dishes? You want to hear something sad about this? We pray for God to restore our youth. We pray to God to heal and deliver people. But we represent God so wrong because how can you pray to God to restore your children and you talk about the pastor? You talk about the issues that are going on in the church to a young mind that doesn't understand any better, and now you're wondering why they're not serving God. You contradicted yourself, and now you're paying the price. In other words, don't do what you don't want your, ch- your children to emulate or imitate. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're living in a generation today where people pick their nose in public and have the nerves to look at it before they put it in their mouths. Now, in the days of Noah, the Bible said that there was an unclean spirit on the face of the earth. I'm just trying to give you a picture. There's nothing new underneath, underneath the sun. History will repeat itself. And if Jesus said it, we got to embrace it for what it is. We got to face the music. And, and there was this unclean spirit. Now, let me tell you something. One of the things that, that, that God hates is uncleanness. And I can prove to you that through Scripture. Amen? We, I know we all have our off days. But there are days that you need to get about your business and fold your clothes, wash your clothes, uh, separate your clothes, iron your clothes, hang up your clothes, and most importantly, in 2021, wear your clothes. (laughs) Ain't nobody trying to see how you came here to this earth. You see these young girls, nobody respects me. I wonder why. I wonder why nobody respects you. I wonder why every person looks at you like a piece of meat. Notice this. According to a CNN article, they said that COVID-19 did more damage in the United States of America, mainly to do with poor nutrition and poor hygiene. That's why COVID-19 did more damage in America. 
how the, the house, I mean, the, 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 the country of plenty doesn't know what, how to properly hygiene themselves. The, the, the land of milk and honey, and we got poor immune systems because of poor nutrition. There's nothing wrong with eating a pack of Skittles from time to time. But Skittles is not part of the main fruit groups. <laughs> that, that's okay. Ella no quiere comerse la ensalada, no se quiere comer las papas, no that cream. Or ice cream. Oh, he's sick, she's sick. Oh, señor. And God's saying, ice cream, you scream. Seriously. Somebody told me the other day, you ain't 41. I said, yes, I am. You look like you 27. I said, yes, I am. You two ages, yes, I am. A lot of the things that I do, I had to do them. Because God was calling me accountable. He said, how are you going to preach in bad condition? You're supposed to nourish yourself. You're supposed to take, don't, don't get me wrong from time to time. I like to put a little extra butter on the bread. But in moderation, I was corrected not only by my wife, but by my spiritual mother. And I understood that they loved me so much that I had to get a control of my weight and the way that I was doing things. Because I'm telling you right now, stress is real. And stress will get the best out of you. But there are mainly foods that God has made on this earth that can reduce that. Amen. And I started doing research, and I started um, taking care of myself much better. Amen? But we're living in a society today where the main cause, okay, uh, of this human decay in morals and in, in society, the issue stands from poor parenting, according to an article that was written a few months ago. It said that the main reason why society is decaying in moral and also socially, it, 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 it stems from poor parenting and also from the increase of freedom and media. You see, the lawlessness will abound. Where there's no accountability, there's liability. You can't let your kids do whatever they want. It starts with you at home. Nine o'clock, the TV's off. I don't care if they're hooping and hollering. Mm -mm -mm. Uh. If we set the examples, they ain't going to like it, but they're going to respect us. And they're going to carry that to their life when they, when they become parents. They're going to establish those things. But some, some of us, we take this stuff light, lightly. We don't hold people accountable. Now, one, one of the attitudes that you're going to see in the end times is be you, do you, self-center you, attitude and, and the more you see that, the more the crime is going to go up. Uh, are you hearing me? It's going to go up. We can't expect much when we can't hold people accountable. You see this attitude with parents today with their children. And you try to correct their children. No, leave her alone. Leave him alone. And look at where they're at now. Uh, are you hearing me, church? Now, in the end times, you're going to see that. 
increase more and more and more and more. But we as children of God have to understand that, that God has given us a command. In Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6 says, train up a child in the ways that he shall go, and when he gets old, he will not depart from it. It says, train up. What do we do? We entertain. Look at the word entertain. We enter something into them. We don't train them. We let SpongeBob train them. We let Bad Bunny entertain them. We let all of these celebrities. It's funny that the youth of today can't mention five Biblical characters, but they could mention 25 gangster rappers. I start singing songs up here that I hear in the intercom when I go to the store, and they get mad at me at the door, and they say, Pastor, that song is not like that. It goes like this, and I go, really? They, they forget who they're talking to. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? God is good, amen? The other day, Pastor Millie and I, we were at Walmart, and... We're buying a few things. We, you know, when you go to Walmart, you, you, you think you're going to buy a few things. <laughs> right, Gilbert? You weigh in the parking lot, right? You weigh in the parking lot. You weigh in the parking lot. You weigh in the parking lot. That's what I'm going to start doing. <laughs> you know, we start with one aisle. Well, before we know, we got a truckload of stuff. So, <laughs> help me, Jesus. So, I was sharing this with uh, the, the people who were here Wednesday night, and I said, as soon as we went to the cash register and it was ringing, there was a lady standing right next to the cashier lady that was taking care of us. She had a baby. You could tell, it, I, I assume it was the grandmother. She was an elderly lady. And she was saying to the baby, the baby must have been like may, maybe a year or two. You know, today you can't tell. They just come out and they're ready to go. <laughs> you, you blink and they too. You blink and they five, you're like, whoo, you're like, you're trying to catch time and they have a full conversation with you nowadays. Have you seen some of the kids here in the church? You have a conversation with them. They will have a full conversation with you. That's how accelerated they are. Amen. So she, so I thought I was hearing something different, but she was telling the baby, daddy's a deadbeat dad. Daddy's a deadbeat dad. Daddy's a deadbeat dad. Daddy's a deadbeat dad. Telling the baby. Not telling the baby. Oh, Googie, Gaga. Oh, Gaga, Googie. Oh, you're so cute. Oh, ABC. She was telling the baby that she was carrying in her arms to remind his father that he was a deadbeat dad. Out of nowhere, I kid you not. I looked at the cashier lady. She looked at me, and we were at all. We were like, nah, this, this is some Twilight stuff. This, this can't be happening. This can't be happening. For a minute there, I felt like going up to, you know how you envision yourself doing something? But then you kind of like play out the outcome of it, so you'd rather just stay to yourself. Because you know at Walmart, they only film your side. They don't film the whole side. People, oh, look what the pastor did. <laughs> Not what the other person did, but what the pastor did. I thought he was a man of God. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. 
I just tell you this in my mind. In my mind, I was like, if somebody sees it, I just say, I was baptizing her. I was baptizing her. I was baptizing <laughs> her. I was dunking her. I was, you didn't see the water. The water was 3D, but it was there. It was there. <laughs> it was 3D. They, 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 they cropped it out. You know, but there was water. There. I was baptizing her. I wasn't hurting. Nah, just. Hey, man, God is good. So. Out of nowhere, the baby bit her in the chest. She went, oh, don't do that. And I said, yes. That's it. I didn't say that to her. I played it out. That's exactly what you deserve. Why? Because you're planning hatred on this young child just because you have a grudge with someone. Teach them how to love. Teach them how to forgive. Teach them how to be better. But we're raising a generation of vipers. And then we wonder why. Science can't figure it out. Doctors can't figure it out. Counselors can't figure it out. Doctors can't figure it out. Bring them to church and we will drive them out. You can't medicate a demon can't sit down and counsel a person that got a demon. Jesus said, cast it out. But one of the things that I love about Jesus is that when Jesus corrected his disciple, he says, you faithless, perverse generation. 2,000 years ago, Jesus called his generation of disciples perverse. What is perverse? To be twisted, to be a living contradiction. You want order in your house. Order is being established, and then you contradict that order. You don't want your kids to put their, their feet on, on your couch, but you do it. You don't want your kids eating cereal in the couch, but you do it. You don't want your kids clipping their toenails, but you teach them how to lie. You teach them how to disrespect authority. And then you wonder why they're under the authority. Help us, Jesus. Help us. This is real. I know it's hitting home. I know it's hitting home. Whew. Let me tell you something, church. God has given us time to turn, but we must understand what is a perverse generation before we, first we got to recognize the problem before we get the solution. Can we do that? A perverse generation is a lazy generation. Write that down, lazy. I can't stand how our children can run to the TV first before they do their bed, and you have no problem with that. Now, you might say, Pastor, you're a legalism. You, you, you sound like a dictator, son. No, teach them principles. One of the things that made Michael Jordan great, and one of his coaches said it, he said, I knew Michael Jordan, the basketball player, was going to be an icon, a household name, and one of the greatest players. They discover that when he was in college, and they will go on the road to any hotel, he was the only player... In his team, and all of his team, they made his bed in the morning. The mates didn't even touch his room. If you cannot 
attack the first assignment in the morning, you are not going to attack no assignment during the day. Your bag speaks of you. Your closet speaks of you. You see people in the last minute, I don't know what to wear. Well, you got the shorts with the skirts. You got a bunch of pictures of memories stacked up on a whole bunch of stuff in the closet. Nothing organized. And then they rebuke the devil. Ese diablo tiene más cuerno. Tanto chichone. It's, it begins with you. You set the example. I know where all my shoes are at. I know where all my colognes are at. I ain't telling y'all none of that, especially you, Jabari, because you ain't borrowing none. <laughs> I know when somebody touches my tools. Huh, Apostle? I know where I leave my stuff. I know where I put my stuff. I'm very, I, I, I stash certain things away that I forget what they are, but I know they're somewhere. <laughs> are you hearing me, church? So what do we have? A generation that's lazy, a generation that is slumber. What is slumber? Huh, church? They're not about their business. They're about whatever's going on, whatever floats their boat. They, they just chilling. Or, or today, we, we cooling. What, what, what's cooling? As in this young man, I said, how's your day today? He said, I'm cooling. I said, what, what, what's cooling? And he says, you know, I'm chill. I said, what's chill? He said, I'm good. I said, what's good? He, he said, well, you know what I mean. I'm blessed. I said, that's the word. That's the word. That's the word. That's the word. Because I know some people, they chilling. It ain't even 12 o'clock and they drunk. And they just chilling and, fr- and on their porch doing nothing. I remember when we had this argument a few years ago about the movie Friday. They said, how that movie going to make so much million dollars? It shows only two young men, two teenagers hanging out on the porch doing absolutely nothing. And that movie made a lot of made a lot, uh, millions of dollars. And I said, because it's relatable. Slumber. Hanging in the front porch all day, smoking weed, causing trouble. Doing absolutely nothing but blaming everyone else for their problems. Slumber. Twisted. Twisted. The mentality of many today is so jacked up and so messed up that you can't even use the word twisted. You have a beautiful wife that's taking care of herself, and here you are. Oh, where are you going? You got another man? Who, who don't want to see their wife looking good? But then the wife don't look good, and then you're complaining. Or then your husband starts dressing nice. Oh, who do you got to impress? Well, I thought you, you got mad with all them holes. I, you, you said I was a holy man, but I had nothing but holes on my shirt. Now I got a nice shirt. Now you can't say what's up? Like, why do you smell so good? Because I want to smell good. Twisted. Corrupted. In the midst of it all. 
And, and then we, we pray to a God that's a God of order, that knows everything, that has everything under control. We ask for his intervention. We ask for him to come in, and then we start nitpicking everything he starts doing. I tell my wife every day, you're beautiful, even in the morning. She said, oh, that's why I love you so much. I said, don't worry, baby. I was like that an hour ago. I was chill trying to push mine in. I'm just messing with her. Amen. God is good. Give my wife a round of applause, man. She's such a beautiful woman. She puts up with me. Twisted, twisted. Amen. How do we identify a behavior? In order to identify a behavior, in order to correct a behavior, better said, we must accept the truth. You can't correct nothing without accepting the truth. It's normal for most people, but in reality, it's not normal. I remember a few years ago uh, where my mom used to currently live. Uh, a new company came in, and they bought the, uh, the, 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 the housing projects. And they decided to invest a few million dollars in upgrading them. They put new windows. They put storm doors. They put fences. They put everything, right? Within a week, storm doors were missing. Fences were I so happened to be there when the inspector walked by. He said, what happened to the door? You know how we is from the hood. I don't know. I don't live here. <laughs> so he knocked the door. My mom came out. She speaks Spanish. He speaks English. Jose, ¿qué le está diciendo? I guess I live here. <laughs> he said, what happened to the door, to the screen door? She said, I don't know. He said, you don't know? Okay. He rolled it down. What happened to the fence? Oh, I don't know. Okay. He said, like, you don't know, you don't know. You have 30 days, and you will be evicted if the stuff doesn't come back up because you're responsible. See, when you hold people accountable, not only the door magically appear. The henches, the fence, todo apareció. When you hold people accountable, you see, there's people that don't come to church today because God gave them a car, He gave them a house, He gave them a wife, He gave them a husband. But one day, God is coming with the clipboard. How come you aren't in church? I don't, I don't know. I don't go here. Okay. Okay. In 30 days. <laughs> All your blessings, I'm bringing them back to me. And we're going to see who you're going to worship now. Accountability. Accountability. You live in a house, four people, and no one knows what happened to the box of cereal. No one knows who drank the last Coca-Cola. No one knows where the remote is. No one knows who took the last soap. No one knows. And you, because you're more gracious than God, you just buy more. Nope. I buy my own stuff, and I lock it up. 
When, when you live in a house like that, you take the soap back. You take the shampoo back. You take the paper toilet back. You take the towel back, and you're going to see how they're going to show up. Accountability. Nothing left in the gallon of milk. Nothing but air. And it's in the refrigerator. Oh, oh, oh. Gilbert, you got to help me, brother. I'm dying up here. They use your car, and they got the nerves not to put gas in it. Oh, man. They take your seat, and they lean their wave. They lay. They, they leaning back. Give them one of them punch. I swear they're going to lean back. They're going to lean back so far. They don't know what, what hit them. Amen? But th- these are the times that we're going to leave in, and we're going to see this accelerate, 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 accelerate. It, it's, it, it's, uh, you, 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 will, you will get to a point that you will get so frustrated that common sense won't even make sense. Why is God telling you this today? Because he's saving you from you. He's letting you know that this generation will get perverse, 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 perverse. So you got to get ready. You got to get ready doing what God has called you to do and watching. Doing what God has called you to do and watching. Doing what God has and not getting caught up in that because it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't be surprised. It shouldn't catch you by surprise when you see people acting up a fool and being awarded for it. Amen. Clapped on two women at the Grammys in a bed on stage grinding on each other. And that was the best performance. Now you get mad at me. Then you walk into the room and you see your daughter grinding on her teddy bears. Hello. You, you don't think Pastor Martinez is cool. You think Cardi B is cool. Well, there you go. There you go. But then you want me to pray? Heck no. I'm going to pray for me. Amen. God is good. Genesis chapter 7 verse 1 and we close. Amen. It's getting heated in here. I need, I'm going to need some security on my way to my car. <laughs> Amen. Can you provide that brother day for me? Amen. Amen. God is good. Uh, Genesis chapter 7 verse 1 quickly. Then the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark and you and your whole household, because I have seen that you are a righteous before me and this generation. Look at what the Lord said to Noah. Genesis chapter 7, verse 1. I'm going to read that again. Write it down. He said, Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are a righteous before me and this what generation so we don't have an excuse now how do we become righteous or how do we remain righteous if we're righteous the first thing that you want to write down and the first thing you want to always keep in mind is you got to grow closer to God hashtag Holy Spirit how do I become righteous grow closer to God you see people will grow close to people 
And if there's no boundaries, you'll become that person. There's nothing wrong with admiring me, but there is something wrong with worshiping me. I'm not God. Trust me. Trust me. God is still working in me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Number two, seek the presence, not the moment. What happens in church today? People have a moment with God. Okay? Oh, I, I felt something. Okay, they get delivered on Tuesday, but they're, no way to be, they're, they're nowhere to be found or seen. That's a moment. When you grow in God and you seek his presence, your life gets in order. That means that the Holy Spirit will start convicting you. Like, the, like when we went to Walmart, we had the carriage, and we went to the car, and we unloaded all of this stuff into the trunk. And then I saw far, far across from the parking where the carriage, and I looked around, and I looked over here, and the Holy Spirit said, you better bring it back. And I went with my happy self. Why do you have to do this to me? Because that's order. That's order. Put it back. Put it back so they could bring it in the store. So when you come back, you could find one back where it was, where it was at. Number three. Walk in the Spirit. According to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, it says, The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and above all, self-control. Your attitudes and your attributes speak of the fruits of the Spirit in you. How are you a Christian and you always doubting? How are you a Christian and you always second-guessing? How are you a Christian and you're always frustrated? How are you a Christian and you're always mad? There's something wrong there. Don't tell me that all the words that you have been given and preached to are not taking root inside of your heart and they're not harvesting some kind of fruit. By now, you should have it together. You don't have it together because you have not allowed the fruit to uh, migrate inside of your heart. Amen? Number, f- number four and the last one, G- be generous. If you want to be a righteous person, sacrifice comes with it. A person that is righteous always remember the ones in need. Always hopes for the best. Always gives the best version of themselves no matter where they are, no matter where they're going. The Bible teaches us about being generous, paying it forward. You want your wife to love you? Love her. You want your husband to love you? Love him. You want your kids to be great men and great women? Teach them. Pass it forward. Are are you hearing what I'm saying? You'd be surprised. None of these kids today, and I'm sorry, they don't even know how to boil an egg. But they know how to download apps and fake profiles. Yeah, I found some of them. And I said, oh, really? It's like that? 
Are you hearing me, church? We're living in a time right now where the signs are clear, clear as day. Amen? I pray and hope that you will turn your life around for the better. Now, it might seem like it's going to be a lot of work, but one step at a time will help you get there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That means tomorrow when you get up in the morning, you go to work, bring an extra cup of coffee to your enemy. I challenge you. Now, don't give them that expired K-cup that you have all in the bottom of the refrigerator, that tub. But no, 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 you're going to stop and you're going to get them a fresh one. Don't give them expired food that you know has been sitting in the refrigerator for a long time. Just because you heard Pastor Jose Martinez be generous, you said, well, I'm going to give him that pork chop that was made at the barbecue two weeks ago. At least I'm doing something. No, you ain't. God knows the intent of your heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is good. Let us be on our feet if we're physically able. God bless you for all those that are watching us. My name is Pastor Jose Martinez. I'm the pastor here at the Resurrection Center. For more information about our ministry, log on to our website at www.resurrectionspringfield.org or follow us on all social media platforms at TRC413. God bless. And our apostle with us today. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let us be on our feet if we're physically able. While I was listening to Pastor Jose, this message, or, or these messages that have been uh, preached, are messages that should have been preached a long time ago. I remember a story that was real that it was uh, told to me of a church that lost their pastor and they brought another pastor to preach 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 to pre